Welcome to another episode of Dubs Talk with Warriors Insider Monty Poole. I'm Kareth Burke and also Monty, Wendy's Pretzel Bacon Pub Cheeseburger is back. Dive into a bite packed with warm, savory beer cheese, applewood smoked bacon, crispy fried onions, and hot and juicy beef, all perfectly paired with a Dr. Pepper at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time. Monty, when we went to practice, this is Sunday that we're recording this, felt like there was a different vibe at the arena than, you know, compared to what we've been talking to lately. You can see that the team is getting ready for opening night on Tuesday. Um, In fact, did you know that all Warriors games on NBC Sports Bay Area are going to be streamed live on the My Teams app that's for mobile or tablet? Stream the Warriors on the go, brought to you by your NorCal Honda dealers. Um, the game is also going to be national. You could see that national network setting up. Um, and then just good vibes today because the Warriors had two extensions signed, one for Poole, one for Wiggins. We heard from those two guys. We heard from Kerr. We heard from Myers. This is a big deal for the organization. What do you think the Warriors are, are signaling, Monty, you know, going forward with these uh, these two extensions? And that they want to be ready for the future. Uh, it's going to be here pretty soon. You know, let's face it, Stephen Curry is going to turn 35 this year. Uh, they've identified Jordan as the guy who the successor, essentially. You know, he will be the next guy who can run the offense and score at the same time. Uh, they look at Wiggins as sort of a, a bridge. You know, Wiggins is 27 been around the league for a while. Um, so he's younger than Steph, Clay, Dre, Mon, Andre, but he's older than, than Jordan and, and the other guys. So um, having the two of those guys in the fold for at least the next five years, uh, the Warriors are looking at down the road, you know, two, three, four, five years and wondering what they're going to have. And they now know they're going to have two guys that they really like and two guys who already know what it's like to win a championship. Two guys who've been through that kind of fire uh, and and believed and, and thrived in it. Both Wiggins and Poole played well in the postseason. So uh, when you find guys like that, you definitely want to keep them around. And mm-hmm. they understand that uh, Wiggins has been an all-star. Jordan Poole has certainly has all-star potential. I talked to Kenny Atkinson about Jordan the other day, and I said, what is his ceiling? And Kenny goes, unlimited, <laughs> unlimited. Uh, so uh, it's a situation now where uh, there's a likeness around the team, a certain – Let's go. Let's play now. You know, we're past the Draymond Jordan issue. Let's go play basketball and 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 see what we can do about defending this title. So, yes, you have a team that wants to defend its championship, run it back just real quick, just to keep everybody up to speed. Let's talk about those numbers. So Jordan Poole, four years, 140 million. Now that does bake in some uh, incentives for him. The Athletic is reporting it's 123 million guaranteed for Poole. You've got Wiggins, four years, 109 million, which actually represents a pay cut. Um, I'd like to hear from Wiggins a little bit on um, why he agreed to take less money. You never know what the future holds. You know, I'm I'm happy here. Um, you know, we have we have a chance to do something special. You know, and I believe in what we're doing here, and I believe in the guys, the organization. Um, so we got we got a deal done. Um, I'm happy about it. You know, I have no regrets. Um, I'm, I'm excited for you know Tuesday. The Warriors next season, when these this big extension money comes into play, are looking at a projected salary and luxury tax of $483 million. That's according to ESPN. So that's not payroll. That is on top of what they're paying. That is ungodly, a huge sum of money, which kind of makes you think, can they afford 
everything? Can they afford everyone? Monty, what might be coming down the pipeline? Well, first of all, that, that figure includes Draymond Green's opt-in, you know, and there's no assurance that he's going to do that. You know, chances of, uh, he's got 27.5 million coming next season to opt into. If he decides to opt out, then the Warriors, that number drops because if he opts out, that means he's going elsewhere. Uh, and, and, and because if he opts out, the Warriors aren't going to give him a raise. You know, that's not going to happen based on the fact that Draymond will be 33, uh, you know, and a number of years behind him. Uh, and they, they're already turning toward the future. So, um, the, like Bob said, you know, you don't worry about it until it, the time comes, <laughs> you know. And so a year from now, yeah, it's going to look pretty ugly because keep in mind, both Jordan and, and Wiggins uh, contracts don't go into effect until 2023. And Wiggins will make more money this season than he will in the first season of his new contract. Whereas Jordan will go make a huge jump from two point, roughly 2.2 million to, oh, well, 30 plus. So uh, <laughs> you're looking at that. So that's a gigantic jump. But again, that includes Draymond. And if Draymond opts out, and you know, we don't know. Uh, Draymond is ready to go ahead and play this season without a new contract. He didn't expect one to come. One won't be coming. So um, as Bob said, Bob Meyer said, uh, Draymond has, you know, things that he has a reason to play. He has, he has some motivation behind him. So, uh, he tends to play well when he motivates, when he's motivated. So, um, I think the money they'll worry about that when they get to it. Uh, and again, it's the price of winning. You know, we heard, remember the term last year when the Warriors beat Boston and one of the ESPN analysts, you know, called it a checkbook win. I remember. Uh, yeah. And, and it's like every owner, there's 30 owners in the NBA governors so to speak they all have a lot of money <laughs> the richest of all the wealthiest of all is steve Ballmer, the clippers the wealthiest owner in sports in american sports and so the warriors are spending what they can afford if it's a lot sure it's a lot but it speaks to their desire to win joe lakeup's ambition is to the moon <laughs> you know he is one of those guys who he loves, he's addicted to winning and winning costs. You know, if you cut corners over time, not only will you not win, but you get a reputation for being a guy who cuts corners. Yeah. And before long, guys look at your franchise and go, I don't want to go there. There have been a few franchises that have that tag and still do right now that that's a place where they cut corners. Mm -hmm. The Warriors are the opposite, which is one of the reasons why Wiggins wants to stay here. And it took a hometown discount, if you say, because he's been here now for a couple of years. And so it's the price of doing business at the highest level with the, with the, with the I guess you would say the largest goals. And, and the goal for Joe Lacob, as he said, when he took over the team is, you know, he wants this franchise to be right there with the NBA's elite, the Celtics, the Lakers. And so right now, yeah, he, he's gotten there and now he wants to stay there. I mean, I remember Lakeup saying he wants the Warriors to collect more championships than the Celtics ever had. And you go back to the 70s and 80s for that. So he's got a number in his mind, which seems to mean he's going to be willing to pay for that opportunity to see how far his teams can take it. Um, also, Monty, I thought you asked Bob Myers a pretty good question about um, this luxury tax and these sort of things. Should teams face the same penalties when it comes to guys they they drafted for talent that they've they've grown themselves um could you sort of summarize what bob's answer uh was to you 
Well, first of all, Bob has to be careful how he answers that. You know, Joe yes. Lincoln has already expressed his dissatisfaction. You know, he he thought it's he thinks it's a bad a bad rule. Uh, and but and and I I I'm with Joe on this. I think if you you shouldn't have to pay a punitive price for developing your own players when they get good, you got to pay them. And the way it is now, the luxury tax doesn't care. It doesn't differentiate between the players you draft and the players you sign other ways. No matter what you do, luxury tax is, is going to be the same. And so Bob was basically saying that, you know, yeah, um, he can't specifically address it because it's all CBA stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he made it clear that the amount of money that is being spent um, it's it's costly, but again, they want to win, and Joe wants to win. And so, when talking about is it fair or not, I think Bob has questions about that. But when Joe said that, he got fined 500k. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. When when Lakeup said that he, he went on with, I think it was Andre's. Uh, it, was, Andre's it was Andre's podcast. podcast. Yeah, and he said that he thinks it's a it's. A, and again, I, they can't find me because I don't I don't run the team. But I think it's I think it's true that if you draft if you build through the draft, which is what every team supposed to do, wants to do, what the NBA says you should do, then there should be some sort of slack cut to you for developing your own players for basically for running a good organization. Mm -hmm. And so right now you can run a bad organization and a good organization, and if you spend the same amount of money, you get the same tax. And I think that's where Joe is, is is right. I think Bob tends to believe that, but you know, Bob doesn't want to drop that 500K, so <laughs> he's not going to say it. So uh, that's kind of where we are with that. But I, I certainly, I'm with Joe. I mean, I think if you draft players, if you draft well, or you develop well, um, you shouldn't have to be penalized for that uh, as well, as much as you would be if you were just collecting high-priced talent from around the league. It's, yeah. it's, it is unfair. Joe said it was unfair. I believe it. Yeah, I, I do see that point. Grow your talent instead of develop these super teams just by moving chess pieces every season. But would the smaller franchises ever go for this? Don't you think they're looking at the Warriors saying, well, you're buying your championships? By drafting well? <laughs> yeah, I guess they could make an argument. But if I'm the Warriors attorney, I'm going to say, what are we buying? Okay, yeah, 2016, we paid for Kevin Durant. So what do we have to do? After once we did that, we had to get rid of really good players who made good money. You mm -hmm. know, Barnes is gone, Bogut is gone. We had to rebuild our team around him with mostly a bunch of minimum contracts. I mean, David West, minimum, Zaza, minimum. Yeah. I mean, they were JaVale, minimum. And so there's a balance there that if you know what you're doing, it can be done. Yeah, it can be done. So if you're even if you're a small market team and uh, you can still do it. In San Antonio, which I can't say it's a small market because San Antonio is a huge city, but at the same time, they built through the draft. Mm -hmm. Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, that's how they got good. They, that followed David Robinson, all drafted by the Spurs. And, you know, those guys all were paid well, not always getting the max, but they all were paid very well. But I think, again, if you're a team that goes out and just spends money to, to, to be great, and maybe you'll be great, that doesn't mean you get there. It, it's, it's a crapshoot. With, with, by, by drafting well and having a strong development department, which the Warriors really, it got better last year. 
they definitely got better last year when they revamped the uh, player development staff. So those are things that to me should, that's your way of saying, look, we are collecting our own talent. We're building our own organization. We're doing it the way the NBA would like us to do it. And still we're getting hit. So yeah, I'm curious to see what the next CBA has to say about these things because I'm sure it's gonna come up. It will. And some of those owners certainly you know, they don't like what Joe is doing. They, they think he's outspending everybody. But if you're Steve Ballmer, you're like, would you, would Joe trade his checkbook with Steve Ballmer? In a minute, he would. Yeah. Would Steve trade his checkbook with Joe? No way. Okay. So it's, it's, it's relative. They're all wealthy. And Joe is just, at this point, he's more committed to being great and willing to spend whatever it takes to maintain that level of excellence. Yeah, uh, it was fun to ask that question in a devil's advocate sort of way, but I don't necessarily care if billionaires are saving money or spending money because <laughs> sure, whatever. Um, going back to Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, you know, somebody asked Jordan Poole today, what were these past two weeks like for you? And, and that question you could tell encompassed, you know, Tokyo, it encompassed the punch, it encompassed this extension. And Jordan Poole just answered long. It was long. It was really nice to hear from him today. You can tell that he's in a great headspace. You can tell that he's so happy to be rewarded by this extension. I I think my favorite part of listening to him speak today was when he was talking about how when he put pen to paper, he could not stop smiling. And he wanted to. He didn't want to look goofy, but he just could not stop smiling. And and that's good. You are getting, you, you know, uh, he's he's understanding that the this organization sees its future in him and that's a big deal i mean we're talking about the 28th pick in the draft his his journey has been a turbulent one but the warriors gave him space to grow and develop and now look what he's accomplished yeah um if you're 23 years old and you're signing a piece of paper that gives you generational wealth it's hard not to smile (laughs) because (laughs) you know one of, part of it is that he knows how much work he's put into this. You know, that's the thing you that's been most consistent about Jordan. No matter how well he played, it's always been consistent. Anybody you talk to that's been around him said the same thing. Oh, God, Chris DeMarco, who spent a lot of time with Jordan. Oh, my God, this guy, he never stops working. Um, Jama, he never stops working. Ron Adams, he never stops. And they all go down the line. Steve. Yeah. So to know that he's committed himself to being this player and being rewarded for it, just authenticates his work Mm -hmm. it validates everything he's done so i think for him uh that's a big part of it but yeah you you gotta look at this and go man no i'm gonna be that's that's a nine-figure contract um i'm gonna be able to be a millionaire for the rest of my life and it shouldn't it shouldn't be hard to be a millionaire for the rest of my life (laughs) and so um and not just get be a millionaire but be a millionaire doing what i really love to do so that's it's pretty awesome, and, and I certainly understand why he's so happy. Yeah, good for him. And Steve Kerr was overjoyed as well. I mean, he said pretty plainly, when you look at what Jordan was like in his rookie season, he would not have predicted this kind of extension for, for Jordan. So congratulations there. And Steve Kerr also said there's one more level or one more thing that he wants Poole to work on. Take a listen. Yep. Well, for Jordan, uh, I'm going to keep talking to him about his defense because I want him – to play big minutes, you know, uh, he's earned this contract. He's earned every penny. Um, but I reminded him, uh, last year in the playoffs, I think, I think he played 17 or 18 minutes a game. So I want to play him 30, 32 minutes. Um, but that can only happen if he continues his progression as a player. Um, 
on the defensive end. So it's the defense. If Poole can become that two-way player, what you were talking about earlier, Monty, that he might not have a ceiling, that could come into fruition. It's, it's really like Jordan Poole can chart his own path in this league, and we're seeing him get there. Yeah, he's under contract for five more years. And sometime within that span, and this is not like some wild, crazy prediction, sometime in that span, he'll become an all-star, you know, if he's healthy. And so um, all-star, you can be an all-star without being a good offensive player. Most all-stars are not really great offensive I mean, defensive players. But, but I think what Steve is saying is that, you know, he has to work at that end of the court as well. Steph has done it. You know, Steph wasn't always a good offensive defensive player. He was, you know, he was pretty bad early in his career. He got better and he got better and he got better. He got stronger. And the belief that Jordan, as his body gets stronger, would, would be better too. Uh, but it takes a commitment. But I, I think right now, offensively, you, you can see what he, what he gives a team. And they can see it enough. That's why they gave him the contract, because they know that guys who have his set of skills, meaning a guy who can play make for his teammates and get his own points too, get his own money. These are things that you don't find every day. And he's 23 years old. He'll be 28 at the end of this contract. So he could be in line for a super max at that point, based on the way the league is going. But then again, we don't know how the CBA is going to read. But at the same time, he'll be in, in line for a, a huge contract if his career continues to go up, up, up on that trajectory. That is wild to think about. 28 years old, bag number two. Okay, okay. <laughs> let's let's just slow down there. Okay. Um, hey, even rewinding back to the summer, there's actually one more guy who got an extension. It was Kavon Looney, three years, $25.5 million. And Monty, you had a chance to talk to Looney one-on-one uh what was your favorite part of this interview with looney the favorite part for me was just his recognizing that now he is valued and how much fun it is to be kavan looney mm -hmm. you know to be a fan favorite i mean you know we watched in the postseason how you know there was loom you heard that in the arena and you saw standing ovations for a guy who does a dirty work <laughs> mm -hmm. because there were a couple of games in those two series against Memphis and Dallas where Looney was a difference maker. <laughs> 22 so, rebounds. Yeah. I mean, he, he did stuff that you didn't expect to see him 21 points, you know? So to see him come into his own, I mean, and just, I guess you can say he, he's now a man in full in the NBA and you can see it. He can feel it. He can talk about it. And so just hearing him talk about, what it's like to be Kavon Looney in 2022 versus Kavon Looney in 2017, 18, when he was dealing with so many other issues. It's great to see. All right. Monty Poole, our Warriors insider, sitting down with Kavon Looney. Always a thoughtful interview. It's raining cash at Creighton Resort and Casino. Play to enter the Cascade of Cash giveaway on October 21st, where you could win up to $25,000. Plus, more ways to win than anywhere else. Tuesdays, turn points into slot play. Multiplier Wednesdays, get up to seven times the points. Thursdays, win up to $15,000 in the wild winning slot tournaments. Learn more at GreatonResortCasino.com. Complete rules available at the Reward Center. Kavon, thanks for sitting down with me for a few minutes. We're going to talk about you and this team and sort of what the future looks like. Okay. Let, me, let me begin here because um, you had obviously a very strong postseason. Right. And you are also going to be a free agent. Right. Hey. <laughs> right. Um, 
how much did that weigh on you as you played games and as you prepared yourself over the course of the season and especially the rec- the postseason? Uh, it didn't really weigh much on me. Uh, with my first time being in this position, uh, and this time actually going into this position, uh, being being afraid, just the best I felt, and I was playing my best basketball. So I didn't I didn't really feel no more no pressure. It was times where. I was fighting for just being the NBA mm-hmm. and going into free agency. So that's a different type of feeling. So uh, I was way more comfortable. Uh, I knew what to expect. I knew what uh, my, how good our team could be. So I've had all the confidence in the world, had confidence in my body. So going into the postseason, into the regular season, I felt good about where I was at and my, and my role on the team and what was, going, what, was, what was going to happen. Was there a part of you that was kind of curious about what you might be able to get on the open market? Uh, definitely. Uh, no. This was my, like I said, like I have, it was times where, man, I don't know if I'm going to get a job. So going to this year, it was, it was a different type of story. Like I, I know I, I played really well. I put a couple of good seasons together in a row where I was healthy and, and feeling good about myself. So uh, I knew I was going to have an opportunity to have a few more options than I did in the past. So, uh, you know, I knew where I wanted to be at all, all along, but definitely wanted to see what was out there and, and see what people were talking about. How important was it for you to stay here? Because I, you say you wanted, knew where you wanted to be. That was here. Yes. Why was it so important for you to, to try to hopefully stay here? Uh, this is somewhere I got drafted to. Uh, we just won a championship. We want to be able to defend that. Uh, you know, I, I know what it, I love living out here. I, I know, the, know the system. I know the players. I know the guys. And uh, it's, it's home for me. So uh, I know that's where I wanted to be at. And, uh, I got a lot of great vets over the years. And they always told me, like, if you can stay here, long, stay here as long as possible, it's not – you know, the culture like this isn't like that everywhere else. So uh, I, I, that, all that is in the back of my head going to free agency. Yeah, I remember one of your ex-teammates, he's retired now, Sean Livingston. Yeah. You know, who's played for like 100 different teams. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, um, and, and he was a free agent, and he signed the same night. Yeah. I mean, he, well, he decided the same night right. the free agency hit. Yeah. Right. And he said that you can't put a price on happiness. Right. How do you look at it that way? I mean, how, how important is it for you to be able to maintain what you've already built here? Right. Uh, it means a lot, you know. You know, a lot of guys don't get to play for the same uh, team for as long as I have. I've been here, so uh, I got my family here. I've been building something, and uh, for me, uh, the talk with my agent and my family it was that the number was going to have to be a, a lot, a large amount for me to leave where to leave this team. Leave. I'm starting to build a legacy here, starting to build a brand here, and just this is home, like I said. So it's going to have to take a lot for me to leave, and uh, you know, the Warriors got to the number where I, I felt comfortable with that, and I, I was able to come back and stay, and uh, we made it happen. So when you signed that contract, yeah. what were the thoughts in your mind? Uh, you know, just, just happy, really. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It, it took a couple of days, but, you know, just to be able to come back and, and, and stay here and be able to defend the championship and you know, continue this run that we've been on, it's, it's been, you know, that's all I really, really wanted to, to happen. You know, uh, you look across the league and see different guys get different contracts, but for my team to take care of me and be able to stay here, uh, I was happy about that. So last year, one of your goals was to play every game. Mm-hmm. You played more games than anybody in the NBA last year. <laughs> right, right. Did your body feel that? Uh, actually, it didn't. This was the best I felt. Uh, no, maybe towards the end, the last 80 game, 81 and 82, <laughs> was like, oh, man, I'm dragging a little bit. Yeah. But uh, by the time we got to the playoffs and we started getting more rest in between, I feel like a, a whole new person. So uh, I felt good. My offseason, you know, it was fast. It was uh, my body felt good. It responded well to all the games. And uh, I feel like I'm in better shape than ever. So, uh you know, like I said, I'm taking steps forward and I'm feeling good. <laughs> like you mentioned, the offseason, you got your third ring coming up. <clears throat> How does that feel? And, be, and part of, another part of that question is you were able to go to Milwaukee mm-hmm. with the trophy. Yeah. What is that like? It's amazing. Uh, 
Now, that, this is probably my second time I took the trophy back home, but this one was probably the most special for me. Uh, it's the biggest role I had on the team. Uh, like I said, I played in every game. I was contributing in all these games, and uh, for me able to go back and share that, all the hard work and all the adversity I faced in my career, and be able to share that with my family and uh, the people that saw me come from a little kid and make it to uh, live out my dream. And you know, a lot of people had a, uh, a role in that journey, so to be able to share that moment with them and just talk about all the games and all the different things that uh, I've been through and uh, go down memory lane uh, with them was a special moment for me. Was it a little bit easier for you to... I don't know, flex this offseason because of how well you play? <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know, uh, some of them just asking about everybody else on the team. They asked me about what I, what I was doing out there. So definitely a different feeling. You know, uh, it was a great feeling, a great moment to be able to just go out there and talk my stuff. And, you know, I've been talking to, talking my stuff to them a long time. We've been winning for a long time. So but for me to have that big of an impact and a, a big of a role, uh, just, it just feels different. So do you feel, <clears throat> because you got so many stars on this team. I right. mean, obviously Steph Clay, Draymond, and... Wigs this year. I mean, you got a lot of stars. So, do you feel like maybe you can get kind of overlooked? Uh, sometimes. Uh, but you know, like I said, my teammates always give me a lot of love, and they know what I do on the court is important and, and is needed. So, uh, when we give the respect from a guy like Steph and Draymond, Clay, the guys are Hall of Famers, Andre. Uh, when you get the respect from them, that's all that really kind of really matters. And my the, t the fans in the Bay always show me a lot of love. So. Uh, that's all that really matters to me, you know, uh, going out there and win. Uh, I don't, I'm not the most flashy guy. I don't, like, live for that. So uh, as long as I get the respect from my team and, and, my, and the fans out here, that's all I kind of play for. Now, what people are going to remember most about your postseason is the rebounding. Right. I mean, you've always been a pretty good rebounder. Right. What happened last season and last postseason that you just became this, this mad rebounder, <laughs> crazy rebounder? What was going on? Uh, no, like I said, I always felt I was a pretty good rebounder. Uh, uh, I just wanted to take that next jump and, and being a leader in it, and uh, I feel like I always on the, on the on the verge of being there, but uh, got a lot more minutes, a lot more opportunity. Uh, it was the healthiest I've been, so I just wanted to go out there and and, and do something for our team that uh, we haven't had in a while. So uh, you know, we got Draymond and who does the defense, and we got Steph who does all the scoring and Clay, and I wanted to just be bring that to the to our team as that rebound again, second chance points, and just trying to make an impact any way I can. And uh, I got some success in that early in the season, and I kind of just been carrying it on. My coach always challenged me to, to take that step and dominate the glass, be selfish when it comes to rebounding, and I've been doing that and taking it's been paying off for me. The team had some changes in the coaching staff and player development staff last year. Yeah. I know you worked a lot with Decky. Yeah. <clears throat> how, how much of that was an impact on your season? Uh, I feel like it was a, a great impact for me. He was something that, uh, that I needed, uh, just working on finishing and, and uh, just – Challenged me to be a better rebounder and positioning and different things like that uh, was, was big for me. You know, uh, I worked a lot with uh, in the past with, with Jacob Rubin and Christopher Marco, and they both helped me understand the offense and uh, how to manipulate and set screens and do the, the small things. But Decky just adding that uh, finishing and that, that view from a big man uh, who's undersized, who that's what he did. So learning from him, getting all the small details, uh, kind of put me over the top and helped me uh, throughout the year that last year. So what's it like this last season and postseason, knowing that? You were getting a lot of love, right. you know. I mean, fans were on, you know, they were, they were throwing at you. Um, the level of appreciation that you never had before, really. Right. What was that like, though? I mean, knowing that fans were all over you. Uh, it, was a, it was an amazing feeling, you know. You work so hard to uh, go out there and, 
and win for the, for the fans and win for the city that you represent and for them to show that love and to show that they're proud of what you're doing. It just keeps you uh, motivated, keeps you working hard. And uh, you know, my, my parents enjoyed it. My family enjoyed all the love that we've been getting. And, and they they seen all the dark days I had and all, the, all, all I had to go through to get back on the court and play the, the game that I love. So for the fans to appreciate uh, what I'm doing out there, it just you know, makes me think about those days where I was – it was it was tough, but I, I was able to push through, and uh, it's been paying off. So, does that impact your your level of effort performance? I mean, just knowing that I've heard people say this that that having a great crowd takes you another level. Do you sense that? I uh, definitely. Uh, you know, home court advantage is a real thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a reason that people always say it's hard to win on the road in the NBA. Now, when you got your fans, the fans behind you, and they're, and they're cheering and they're yelling, and it just gives you that extra, extra boost. And you know, winning a game is hard, and uh, it's a long season. It's a lot of games, and you know, in the playoffs, everybody's tired. Teams are really good, but when you hear that crowd give you the extra boost, you just go to another level. You get that adrenaline, that adrenaline push, and. Uh, nobody wants to lose in front of their fans, and, and nobody wants to lose at home. So, and we always had the best home court in the league since I've been here. So, uh, you know, it's always a thing about the third quarter and Steph, and that's because mm -hmm. of the crowd. They put that extra <laughs> battery in our back, and we don't like to disappoint them. So, speaking of crowds, Boston. Yeah. There's a lot of things that were said and done at games back at TD Garden. Right. What was that experience like for you, being able to deal to play in front of those fans, being as loud and crazy as they are back there? Uh, it was a lot of fun, you know. Being a kid, uh, NBA historian, I, I, I love the game of basketball, and hearing about the Boston Garden my whole life from the Magic and uh, and Bird and Bill Russell and then Kobe and versus Kate, the the Big Three uh, Celtics. So for me to be able to play there in the finals was like, oh man, this is amazing, and uh, and it, it, just that energy that they brought. Uh, it was just amazing, a lot of fun. They they did a lot, a lot of a lot of wild stuff. They said a lot of things, but it just made winning on their court just that much sweeter. So uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, each each crowd is different, uh, but all the history, looking up, seeing all the manners, and uh, it was just it was just it was a, a special place to play at. And uh, I'm glad I got to experience that. You know, I'll, nowhere, no place is better than the Bay to play at, but just to win there was also fun. You say that you were able to talk about yourself a little bit this this summer. Right. Before you're talking about Steph and Clay and everybody. Right. People asking about everybody else. <laughs> right. In addition to that, how was your summer different maybe from other summers that you've had since you've been in the NBA? Uh, <clears throat> it was different that I didn't have to really rehab at all. Uh, it was some last two summers I was able to actually just work out and focus on getting better and not focus on you know, trying to get in shape or get, get my one area of my body strong. I was able to just focus on the, on the game and uh, focus on what I want to improve on going to the next season. So uh, I felt a lot better about myself, about my game. I don't got to think about – I'm not second-guessing my injuries or, or my body or nothing else. Uh, so that was probably the biggest difference uh, going into this summer. And, uh, you know, it made things that much more fun. I'm able to do a lot more things and uh, work on a lot, a lot more things because I'm healthy. Now, you, you said goals last year, like you mentioned, but yeah. – what kind of goals have you set that you can tell us about <laughs> going into the next this coming season? Uh, for me, I have got a couple goals that I want to take. That I took that step in rebounding, so I want to continue that. I want to try to lead the league in offensive rebounding. That's one of my goals. Uh, at least be top five for sure. That's my goal coming into the year to be top five in offensive rebounding. Uh, no, I want for myself personally to be able to make an all defensive team. You know, we got Draymond Wiggs who are great on that end. I want to be up there with those guys and and have my name mentioned with those guys. Mm -hmm. So that's them, my two biggest goals. And I tell you, wanna 
I want to play all 82 again. Was, that's something that, that was fun, but, you know, I got to talk to Rick and the training staff about what they think about that, but that's always something that I want to do is be there for my team and be reliable. Well, but, you know, if you know in the past, as you guys, you're not one of them, but it's like Steph and Clay and Draymond, they're all in their 30s now. Yeah, I ain't that old, though. So, <laughs> so right, I, right. I got a little bit more say, so they, they need a little more rest than I do. But That's my question, is that, okay, I mean, knowing Steve and how careful he is and how much he listens to the training staff, right. you know, he, he might come to you a couple of times in the season and say, give you the night off. Right. How, how would you take that if he comes to you with that? Uh, he came to me last year a few times, but... No, uh, I always tell them to be honest. Like, if I feel good, you know, I feel great, then I'm just, I'm just going to play. But if, it, if I'm not moving good out there, I look like I need a break, I'm going to listen to the training staff. But I always tell you know, Coach and uh, our training staff, like, I, I feel great today. I don't really need no rest. But if they see me you know, not looking good or I'm not moving as good as I, I can be, I'm not, you know, it looks like I'm tired out there, then I, I listen to them. But, you know, uh, we have a good relationship with that. They know I, I know my body. I've been through a lot with it. So I kind of know when I feel good and when I don't. So they got, we both got trust. So. Uh, no, they listen to me, and I listen to them. When was the last time you, your body felt as good as it feels now? Uh, or has felt the past few months? I haven't probably felt this good since probably like my senior year of high school. Mm. <laughs> yeah, wow. it does. You know, going into college, I had to deal with injury. And uh, so the, the first two years in the league, it was all just rehabbing, rehabbing. And, you know, you, you're healthy, but it's still like, man, I got to – He's not as confident, but now I'm healthy and I'm confident in what I'm doing in my body and where I'm going with it. So this, like you said, you didn't have to do a bunch of rehab this, yeah. this summer. Were you, how much were you able to enjoy the summer? I mean, where'd you go? What'd you do? I got to enjoy it a lot. You know, it, had, it went really fast, and I had to squeeze a lot of things into a month or two. But you know, I was able to go travel the world. My girlfriend got to go see Europe. We went to London and Greece. And then we went to uh, Paris and Italy, so that, that was fun. A place I've never been before. Got to experience that. I uh, got to go to Draymond Wade and, and party with him and, uh, and his, his, his wife and his family. That was a lot of fun. I had my camp. Um, I was able to work an uh, internship at a music company. That's something I always wanted to do. So I was able to do a lot and within a month and a half, two months. <laughs> no, you say an internship at a music company. Yeah, well, yeah. Help me out. What was, that, what was going on with that? Uh, I've always been interested <coughs> in music, but, you know, I, I'm a full-time basketball player. I'm never going to lay a rap or anything, but I always wanted to see how the business side worked of a record label when I was able to uh, you know, go work for Warner uh, Records and do an intern for like a week and you know, see how their business worked and, meet all the head of the departments and sit in their meetings and just kind of be a fly on the wall and, and learn. So that was a lot of fun uh, just to do those type of things. And I uh, was able to go to a tech convention with Andre and, mm -hmm. and uh, work with him and see what he does. So I got to be able to just expand in, uh, my business and learn a lot of things and do a lot of fun things this summer. Where'd you go for that? Was it L.A.? Or was it uh, the tech convention was in Utah. I mean, the, the, the music was in L.A. Yeah. I was already working out there, uh, so it was easy for me to just go down there to their, to their label and, and just sit there and learn. So while you're in the, I'm assuming you went in the studio. No, I didn't go to the studio. You didn't go in the studio? No, it was just like, uh, so I was in their office. Offices. Business office. I'm in their meetings and I met a lot of different people. How come you didn't like hit them up and say, can I get in the studio? Or just nah. <laughs> I'm going to get in the studio at, at some point and, and watch. I'm, like, I'm never going to go in there and, and say anything. Uh, I'm going to leave that to my mom. She do the singing and my brother, so I'm going to let them do that. But I, I just want to learn the business side, you know, uh, and you know, suck up all the game I can. So one of the things that, people looking at as in this upcoming season is, you know, how are you going to be able to split, split time with James Wiseman? Right. Um, you know, last year didn't happen at all. Right. You know, he was trying to get back and setbacks here and there. I mean, you obviously, you know what that's like, right. not right. being able to play. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, what have you seen from James 
in the workouts here, and, and just what are your thoughts on where he's headed? Uh, he's been looking really good. You know, he's uh, confident in his movement. He's not really second-guessing himself. We're just getting them game reps and uh, getting used to our system and what we play. And, uh, you know, missing a whole year is, is tough. Uh, I, I know that feeling. But he's looking, he's looking good. He's confident. He's feeling good about himself. And uh, that's the biggest thing when you come off of injury, just trusting your body and trusting your game again. And he, he looked like he took that step already. And uh, I think he's going to have a, a good year. Uh, he has a bright future in his league. He's, like, supremely talented. He's a probably the biggest, strongest, fastest guy on the team. So when you got all those things and, and you got a, a great shooting touch, uh, you can make a, a huge impact in this league. But you got the experience. Are yeah. you able to, like, give him, like, little pointers and stuff, just to sort of, like, little things? And, and does he listen to what you have to say and what uh, you show him? Definitely. He's, uh, <coughs> he definitely listens to, uh, to me and everybody that's given him a lot of uh, pointers. And, uh, you know, he has the, the talent to, to be great in his league. But it takes, as, as a big man uh, playing the starting center, you got to be able to, know, talk and know all the details. You got to know everything that's happening on the court. So that takes a while. And in my first three years, I didn't say a word on the court, but and I didn't get to play as much. So and it had <laughs> took me a while to learn how to talk and communicate and, and, uh, and do those type of things. But he has great examples. And Draymond, uh, teaching him, I'm going to be teaching him the small things, just the small details to take his game to another level. Uh, I think he's going to learn. And you got to learn that by experience as well. So it's going to be growing pains at some point, just because how the NBA works, because it's not easy. But uh, I think he's ready for it. Um, he showed flashes his rookie year, and I think uh, missing that year, he's going to come out even more hungry and, and make an impact. You mentioned that you went to a tech convention with Andre. Yeah. And I know for you, know, for you Andre's been one of the guys you yeah. you know listen to you all the time. Right. And, you know, he always has something to say. Right. <laughs> How influential has he been on you in terms of your habits? on and off the court, you know, I know nutrition, all these little things. How, how influential has he been? He's been huge, you know. Uh, he's been my vet and my mentor since I've been in the NBA. Uh, you know, he's been somebody I learned how to lead and, you know, talk to the new guys coming in as I learned from him. So I kind of just to share his knowledge that he gave me to the, the new guys coming in. So uh, he's been huge in my career, just teaching me how to be professional on and off the court, showing me how to work. You know, uh, show me how to be a good teammate. You know, going over the the, the, the game. You know, I, I pride myself of having a good IQ and you know, learn from him and learning how he sees the game and what he thinks on defense and you know uh, the angles he uses and how to use his hands. Just all the small things that mm -hmm. you know people don't really know that goes into the game of basketball. He knows and he's been teaching it. You know, he, he'll talk to anybody who come up and listen. He's not one of those guys where uh, you know he's want to hide the knowledge and. Uh, he's open and, and he tell you the truth as well. I know when I'm coming to him, he's not going to just sugarcoat it. He's just not going to lie to me just because I'm his friend. But he's going to keep it honest. He's going to tell me when I'm doing wrong, when I'm doing good. And you know, we got somebody like that in your corner. It's, 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 it's amazing. I remember one time you told me, this was a few years ago, you said that Andre's one of the reasons why you changed your eating habits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first thing, he, I don't even think he said hello. He, the first thing is he talked talk about my plate of food I was eating in. <laughs> and I first, my first year, I wasn't trying to listen that much. Like, man, come with that. I've been eating like this for my whole life, and I'm here. So, but after a season, I learned like oh, he he was right, and I need to listen to him about everything. What, what were you eating that you know he was looking down on? Ah, uh, I mean, so I, I used to eat bad. I mean, I mean like a college kid still. So I'm getting all the fried foods, and we going on these road trips at these team dinners. They getting these fancy steaks, and I'm getting chicken tenders. Like he like, man, you gotta grow up at some point. Like, what are you eating? And, and but I think the thing I had like some apple juice, and man, he telling me how many grams of sugar. I'm like, bro, it's apple juice. Everybody drink apple juice. But no, he was right. So yeah. yeah. So what do you what's your, what's your diet next? I know at one point you you had somebody you know preparing your food for you and everything. 
Um, you still have that? Somebody, yes. Okay, and why is that important to you, and, and what does that mean for you in terms of your daily existence in, in the league? Uh, it means a lot for me. Uh, you know, our body is how we make our money, so being healthy is, is a key to a long career, and that's what you want to do, play as long as possible, uh, make as much money as you can for, uh, for your family, and, and uh, having, putting the right things in your body is what can get you through a long season, you know. Uh, all the, the weights, the, the massages, all the, the taking care of yourself is uh, what keeps you in this league. And, you know, if you can't play, you can't get paid. So that's kind of how, how, how I look at it. And uh, having a chef and uh, uh, a person that knows your body really well and, and it's something that coming into the league, I didn't really know it was that serious. I thought everybody just go out and walk out there and play. Like, that's how we did when I was growing up. So I just thought everybody did that. But it's really a science to it. And we got a great performance staff there on top of us. And But you got to go the extra mile for yourself. You got to learn your body, learn what works for you and what uh, what makes you go and like the foods that's good for you, the exercises, the rehab, the different stretches that works for you. And I kind of learned through trial and error and through all the different rehabs, what works for me and different diets I had to use to learn to fix my stomach. And uh, so I kind of got it down to science. I know what, uh, what it takes for me to get out there to perform. And it took me a while, but uh, I got the right team around me now, and I feel great about it. Are there things that you used to eat that you don't eat anymore, or do you just have cheat days? Uh, it's, it's things that I used to eat that I just, I just won't do at all. Like? I, like, I used to love, like, it's, this is even a healthy thing, but I learned that it don't, it don't go good for my stomach. Like, I used to eat watermelon all the time, but mm -hmm. that's a healthy thing, but I just can't even, like, I know if I eat that, my stomach's going to be flare up. And different foods that I, I know, like, uh, like first, I first tried sushi, and it was like sesame on it, and I'm, I'm going to just try it. Mm -hmm. But I learned that that's not good for not me. Good for it doesn't work for me. So uh, different things like that, like, that you might think is healthy, that but your, your stomach might flare up, like different type of uh peanuts and stuff like that just slow me down. Uh, like, I try to stay for, like, pastas and bread. Like, pasta I really don't do. Unless I'm out. Those, I might have a cheat day. Like, right, once a week, once a month, I might can do that. But uh, on a weekly basis, like, nah, I know when I'm do, if I do that, I'm going to pay for it. And, and uh, I tried to do it a couple times, and mm -hmm. I paid for it, and I learned. Like, nah, I'm never doing that again. When you look back, <clears throat> when you look back at last season and how you guys were coming off back-to-back -back seasons without the playoffs, right. everybody's looking at you guys like, can they get back? Can right. they get back? Can right. they get back? At what point did you believe you could get back, not just to the playoffs, but maybe even to the finals? Uh, I would say probably probably like two months into the season. We got off to a, a hot start, and that was before even Clay even came back. So I, I, when we did that, I felt like, all right, we can be really, really good. Like uh, everybody was picking up on the system good. Uh, we know what Steph is going to be. Know what Draymond's going to be. Uh, Jordan uh, was kind of a, not a surprise, but he took that step really, really quick. He had been killing all preseason, but sometimes you don't know if that's going to translate to the regular season, and it translated immediately. And we knew uh, having him being that journey, we knew what Wiggs was going to be. Uh, so just having those those parts together, and uh, you know, having Gary, he didn't get to play that a lot during the, uh, the preseason last year. So when everything kind of came together at the right time. Uh, we knew it was going to be based off of health, though. So it was always that back of the head, man. We got to get healthy. Yeah. There was a lot of injuries during the, during the season. But once everybody, we knew everybody was going to be healthy for the playoffs, we knew, all right. But you guys had special. some rough stretches there. Yeah, but we always had, it was always that excuse, like, all right, well, Steph not playing this time, or Clay's out, or Draymond's out for 30 games. So it was a lot of, of that. So we knew, like, those guys are coming back. 
uh, it would have been different if those guys have been out for the season and, we, and there was no return. That will put doubt in your head. But we knew those guys were coming back. Those guys were going to be healthy. And uh, if we come together, we can, we, can, we can win. Going back to Boston, game six. Yeah. And Steph basically, you know, breaks down emotionally right. on the court a little bit. Right. I mean, what was it like for you to see that from your, from your guy? Uh, it was, it just kind of just encaptured the whole moment for, for all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, we know how much, how much it meant to him for him to win, to get back to the mountaintop. Uh, we know how hard he's been working to get back there. So uh, for us to, to be there and be part of that, it, it was something special. He had been showing emotion that whole playoffs. And, you know, it was, was that game four or three, or he put it on his back, mm -hmm. and he just took the game over, and he, he was talking stuff to the crowd. Like, whenever we needed him to put on the cape, he did. He came out and uh, took, took it to another level. So uh, we've seen him do it before, but it was just special for us to do it in Boston uh, with the ads uh, stacked against us and, you know, Clay being out gone for almost three years, Draymond missing part of the season, and for us to uh, not even make the playoffs the last two years and to, all, to just the whole journey – you know, for him to break that his hand that one year, just to be able to come back and and win the championship off after all that happened, and uh, I think that he just captured the moment and to see him break down like that was just all of us how we all felt. How did you handle it? Uh, I was just excited. I was just, it was just a lot of fun. I got the my parents was there. Uh, you know, like I said, me and my dad talked watched basketball my whole life. We talked about basketball. Be able to be there in the garden with him, and mm -hmm. and uh, he, I think, he gave me a poster when I was uh, when I first got to the league of Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. So for me to be there at Boston and win was just a, a special moment for me. Where's that poster now? It's hanging up in my in my basement. You right? still have yeah, it? Yeah, I got it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, it's, tell me it's in color. No, it's not. Is it black and white? Come on. Black and white, you gotta capture the, the air. Okay, you gotta get the air. It's the 60s. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. Yeah. Black and white. Yeah. <laughs> but how much did you did you go back and watch those guys and see what they? How much? How aware are you of Russ and, and Chamberlain and what they did and how they played? I'm, I'm super aware. Like, like I get a. I remember being a little kid and like. I like probably first, second grade to print out the 50 greatest player list. I printed it out. My dad would tell me about all the players and I watched the little sports century uh, thing. They used to come on ESPN mm -hmm. and watch all the documentaries and uh, learn about the history of the game. That's something I've always been interested in. I always loved the, the game. I watched as much basketball as I can, be around it as much as I can. It's something that I, I love to do. That's how I feel, really like, I feel like my IQ and my feel for the game. I've just been around basketball my whole life. and. Uh, I thank my parents for that, my brother, and they always you know, shared the knowledge with me and had me out there since I was five or four or something like that. Now, you look at this team and people always say, well, Loon doesn't have to score. Right. But Loon wants to score sometimes, don't <laughs> right. you? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, where, how would you look at your offense and say, how can you make an, uh, sort of an impact on offense by scoring occasionally? Uh, sometimes you just got to kind of pick and choose when you're going to be a, a aggressive uh I think I had, I had my high, career high in the playoffs mm -hmm. just because the way they was guarding Steph and the way they was guarding is it was built for me to score. So kind of just got to take advantage of uh, what the defense is giving me. You know, uh, you know the way our offense works, uh, the big man is more of a playmaker than a scorer. And, uh, you know, but sometimes they put a lot of pressure on me and Draymond and they want to take Steph away or Jordan or Clay away. They even say beat us. And sometimes we got to go out there and do that. So, uh, you know, being able to, to – to to put pressure on the rim, 
you know, catch lives and finish around the rim, get off his rebounds, doing those different things uh, makes an impact for our team, and it, it just opens our shooters that much more. So me and Draymond and Andre always talk about finding that balance of being aggressive and, you know, passing up shots. You know, sometimes you got to make sure that we, uh, you know, turn the shot down to get Steph or Clay open, but sometimes we got to, be, you know, be aggressive to keep the other the defense honest and uh, keep our offense flowing. So it's just finding a balance. Uh, I think last year in the playoffs, I felt, I felt I did a better job of finding a balance, and it's always going to be uh, you know it's going to be games. Uh, I talk to Decky about it all the time. It's going to be games where I might only might not get that many shots when Steph is going or Claire mm -hmm. going or Wiggs is going. I might not get that many shots, but it might be different games where all right they're they're not guarding you. You got to make sure to keep in mind to go out there and score. So just find that balance. Uh, you know, worked a lot this summer and just continuing to work on finishing, you know, being a lob threat and uh, hitting a mid-range jump shot, maybe even a corner three, uh, just to be able to be prepared for whatever they throw at, throw at Steph. You know, he, he's seen all defenses in the world, so uh, we also, also got to be ready for what they're going to do. But you were a big school. Yeah. How much of that guy is still inside you somewhere? Uh... No, I was a big-time scorer, but all I did was it took the win. Mm -hmm. So if I was on a team <clears throat> like AU where I didn't need to score as much, I would do all the small things. I would, you know, facilitate more or go get, go get rebounds or do different things like that. So uh, I feel like I'm able to score. I'm able to make shots. I'm able to, you know, uh, make plays in the pocket when I'm needed to. If I feel like uh, uh, the things are slowing down and they're not holding me, I'm going to I'm going to go finish and go score. So I feel, I feel confident in my game and what I can do. Uh, and the plays I can make, uh, always feel like, all right, um, shot clock going down. I feel like I can go get a basket. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody else probably thinks that, but right. I feel confident I can go get a basket whenever uh, it's needed. So uh, having that in the back of my head just makes me that more confident. Uh, you know, as a big man, I'm out there on the wing a lot, doing a lot of different handoffs. And uh, just that scoring I used to be able to do, I used to do more, uh, just gives me that confidence that like, right, I can make plays. Nobody's going to take the ball from me. I don't, feel, I don't feel like I get rattled mm -hmm. or nothing like that when they're pressuring me. That's just just from the background of all the games I done played and all the, you know, the confidence I still got that I can still break somebody down if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> when you're out there scoring and rebounding in the postseason, I mean, Clay gave you a nickname. Remember yeah. what it was? Lunjawan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lunjawan. Yeah. <laughs> That's high <laughs> praise for Clay. <laughs> what, what, yeah, I'm going to say now, we all know how great the dream was. Yeah. Um, to hear that from a teammate, you know, and Clay can say some stuff anyway, but right. to hear that from a teammate, what it mean? That means a lot, especially here from, from Clay. You know, he's somebody that he knows what I've been through, and he kind of had that same journey where he had to miss the game of basketball. So he knows how hard it is to get back to, uh, to that point. And for him to give me that praise and compare me to somebody like that, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's cool. It's just, it's just cool. You know, Dream is a, a Hall of Fame, one of the top ten greatest players ever. But for me, just to have moments and, uh, you know, and get a nickname like that, it's just awesome, man. Uh, you know, Clay's a, a different type of guy, and for him to come up with that was cool. <laughs> did I see you on a boat at some point? I did. I was, on a, I was on a boat this summer. Was it Clay's boat? Uh, or it wasn't Clay's oh. boat. I'm trying to get ready. Clay keeps telling me I got to get out there with him, so I'm trying to get over it because I, I still don't know if I'm ready yet. <laughs> Clay was over there dancing like Michael Jackson on the boat. I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. Yeah, what was your boat experience like? It was cool. It was, it was, it was, it was decent. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend convinced me to do it once, uh, so I don't know if I'm gonna do it again, though. So. What, 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 what didn't you like? <sighs> I just like being on land, man. I, <laughs> I like being on land. I like you being in the water, like. Nah, just, just not from Milwaukee. We, I, I don't really go into the, to the. Uh, maybe a lake, but not the ocean, man. That's too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at that, and I mean, maybe at some point, you know, you can go out there with Clay. Would you take that trip? <sighs> 
Would you trust him? I, I mean, I, as a captain, ah, oh, man. I guess so, man. I, Clay never steered me wrong, man. So one day I'm going to get on the boat with him. We just won a championship, so why not? When you look one at, time. When you look at, <laughs> just when, you, when you look at this upcoming season, um, you know, first full season for Clay in, in three years. Right. So how much do you think that will impact what you guys do, having him from day one? That's going to impact a lot, uh, having him from day one, for him to have an off-season where he can get his legs under him and come into the to the season how he, like, envisions it. Because, you know, you're coming into the middle of the season, now you got to kind of find your rhythm. you got a uh, got minute restriction, different things that you got to deal with. For him to be able to have a full off-season to get his, his stuff together, his body how he wants to, after having a run like he did throughout the, the end of the year, I think he's going to be great for us, uh, having his leadership on the court from day one. Uh, having that, uh, you know, finding everybody can have their roles. You know, kind of middle of the season, we had to kind of change everything up. and People had to find the roles again. And uh, But for having that from day one and having that chemistry from last year on day one is going to be uh, even better. Uh, and we got a lot of young guys this year, so having that, having him out there just to show them uh, how the system works and how what winning looks like and how to play winning basketball is going to be amazing for our locker room and for our team. Jordan last year picked up. Showed up big time. Yeah. I mean, that's your Milwaukee guy, yeah, you know. Yeah, for now, sure. how how far back did you guys were you guys aware of each other in Milwaukee? I mean, at what point did you guys did you know who he was or he knew who you were? Uh, I knew who he was <clears throat> when he was probably in like I'm well, probably like four years old. So he was like sixth grade. I was probably like a freshman in high school, and people would tell me he, he this guy is really good. So uh, then I played against him when I was a senior. He was a freshman. In high school, we played against each other. So I've been knowing who he was. I've been following him. And uh, it was just crazy that we ended up being on the same team. So when he got here, I made sure I went and talked to him and, and took him under my wing and just make sure that everything just, just goes smoothly. I know how, how that transition could be uh, coming from Milwaukee and coming all the way out to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, to see the leaps that he's been taking and, and how much he has developed as a, on the court and off the court, it's been uh, amazing to see. I'm interested to see what it, how, how, how far he can take it. Uh, he's been, uh, he was a big piece for us last year, and uh, we needed everything that he did. We needed mm -hmm. that for a championship. So uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for our city of Milwaukee. We got Patrick Bowen now, another, another guy from Milwaukee. So uh, I think me and him doing something right, they keep drafting Milwaukee guys. <laughs> now, speaking of Patrick, you know, yeah. I've heard good things about how he's looking in, in the workouts and stuff. Yeah. What, are you, what have you seen from him so far? I mean, he's a rookie and only yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. What have you seen? Uh, he's just poised and feel from the game. He he's already out there like he's a, a seasoned vet. Uh, that was kind of surprised for me. Uh, I didn't get to see him play as much because uh, I've been on the West Coast for, for a while. But I've been hearing his name and hearing so such high uh, reviews about him. And uh, the coach has been coming to me. He has a great feel and different things like that. So uh, I'm interested to see how, uh, how he performs this year. Maybe having to work out with him the last couple of weeks and uh, it's been fun. And uh, I think he's gonna have a, a great future ahead of him. Uh, He's going to be in a lot of battles and practices. He's going to be going to get Draymond a lot, so it's going to be fun. I think we're going to get the best out of him. i got two more questions before we let you go. One, have you even thought about how long you want to play? Uh, how long they let me stay? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Andre always told me, get as much as stay a year too late. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so as long as I can keep, they keep paying me to do it, I'm going to do it. I love the game of basketball. It's all I ever wanted to do, and I'll, even after basketball, I'll probably be doing something with the game if it's not coaching or you know, doing something helping the AAU team, but I just love the game of basketball. So right, as long as my body allows me to uh, keep going, I feel like I, I missed a few years early to start my career, so I'm trying to get all of that back. And the last thing I want to ask you is, you and James, what, how good can you guys be 
as a center combo, you think? I think we can be great as a center combo. Uh, I think we can provide something for this team that a lot of teams don't have throughout the league. You know, he's a guy that can, you know, he can stretch the floor. He's a, he's a lob threat. He can, he's a rim runner. He, he provides the athleticism that we're going to need at the center position. And I'm, I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I got a lot of, uh, you know, know-how, uh, great off-street run. I can switch a lot of things. So uh, we provide, we, we kind of, we play a lot different. Uh, and I think we're going to need different looks for uh, our team. We've been a versatile team uh, since I've been here. You know, even uh, my, my first couple of years, it was Zaza and JaVale. And uh, we, we were different than mm -hmm. those two, but just that same uh, center by committee, uh, being able to provide different looks and uh, whatever the matchup calls for, we're able to adapt. And, uh, you know, Steve's going to have trust that we can go out there and, you know, I can be center, Draymond can be center, James can be center, that, you know, at that position that we can change and uh, adapt to whoever is playing, we're playing against. He's Kamon Looney. He's got two rings already. He's going to get a third ring on opening night. Enjoy it, my man. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.